My name is Kyle Henson, and this is my story. I've been in the clearing for three years now, and have been on all the summer trips, the Badlands, Chicago, and Florida. They were amazing experiences and are some of my best memories. The Badlands trip was my first year of fuel, and also my last since it is now named The Clearing. One of the best parts of the trip was Jaden Carlson. On the first day, he introduced himself to me, and for the rest of the week, he made sure that I was having fun. Another fun memory is the game day in the cabin. That day was full of mafia, card games, and those annoying riddles that just seemed to drive you mad. The last day of that trip saw us doing what seems to be a tradition. We all sat in a circle, and we would say something that we had seen in the others that had gone on that trip. Since it was my first year in the clearing, and I didn't really know anyone, whenever I would say something, I would start off with, I don't really know you, but, and then continue on with what I had to say. This trip was the first time that I really started to connect and become a part of the Clearings community. The Chicago trip was just as amazing. If you have talked to me about any of the trips, or probably just about anything, I probably brought up the the authentic Chinese restaurant there. The food in Chicago is excellent, and is probably the best part of the trip. A close second, however, is that we just walked to everywhere in Chicago. I don't know what it is, but going around in small groups just made it so much more memorable. Now, the latest trip to Florida was probably my favorite, even though I did end up getting sick for the end of it. On this trip, we took an hour out of every day to journal and being able to sit outside and listen to the ocean made it so much better. We also did something like Secret Santa, except instead of getting presents for everybody, we would do secret good deeds for them instead. And sadly, on the last day is when I got sick, which meant that I, miss, I ended up missing the circle, which I was really looking forward to. This morning, I would like to thank the parents that pay for this trip and everyone that supports it. Without you, it it wouldn't be anywhere near as impactful as it is today. And I would also like to thank the current and past interns, leaders, and volunteers who, who decided on their own free will to spend a week with 30 teenagers. <laughs> and finally, I would like to thank any of my fellow high schoolers that might be in here. All of you guys are amazing and have made the trip so much more enjoyable and impactful. And if I were to to be in a circle right now, I am sure that I could say one nice thing about all of you. My name is Kyle Henson, and this is my story. This is the worst city on the worst day in the worst region of the entire Roman Empire. Jerusalem during the Passover. City already filled with 100,000 warring fanatics swells to over 2 million as every Jew in the empire sails, rides, walks here for religious pilgrimage. And as prefect, I must keep order here. Now understand, it's not us against them. 
That would hardly be a contest. No, it's them against each other. First you have the Sadducees, their official priests, the only sensible ones we can work with at all. But then you have the Pharisees, wandering charlatans who saddle their own followers with 611 laws meant to please their God. Everything from monogamous marriage to hand washing. And then don't forget out at the edge of town, living in the mountains, waiting for the end of the world, the mad Essenes. It's said they don't even urinate on the Sabbath. You should see the line of them at the edge of the valley come sundown on Saturday. And then, of course, the zealots who wander around in the marketplace with the curved knives, stabbing people in the back and slinking into the shadows, hoping to provoke holy war. They all hate each other, and they all hate us, and I must keep the peace. This morning I learn of yet another faction. They bring to me this man, Jesus, whom they accuse of falsely claiming to be a long-expected Savior, whom the Jews call the Messiah. There's nearly a riot around this man. Yet when I question him, he hardly says a word. I see no army around him. They've already beaten him for half the night and no one came to rescue him. I'm inclined to set him free. But the Sadducees and the Pharisees seem united in their hatred of this man and their insistence that I give him the death penalty. Now understand, Pharisees and Sadducees despise each other. So when you find the scorpion and the serpent lying down together, that's when you can't be too cautious. So I give the order to have the man crucified. It's just one man, and that'll be the end of it. Or at least it should have been. Yes, I went to Pilate, and I asked for Jesus' body. Why, you ask? Wasn't I afraid of being arrested as the follower of a crucified rebel? Wasn't I a member of the ruling council of this city? Didn't I fear for my position? Well, I am a Jew. And our Jewish laws forbid us from leaving bodies unburied, even the bodies of our enemies. In the end, I always could have claimed that. But you already know the real reason I didn't run away like the rest of Jesus' followers. They were young and poor, and I am old and rich. The rich don't have to run away, and the old don't care. You see, Pilate and I understand each other. We're the same. Yes, he's a Roman, and I'm a Jew, but power and wealth make us more alike than different. It is easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. I was there on one of the days Jesus said that, and I suppose that's where it all started. You see, I listened to this Jesus and what he taught. And we we Pharisees thought we knew why the Jews were slaves to the Romans. It was because we had broken the laws of God. And Jesus came along and he asked, which laws? According to the prophets, which laws? Laws, which broken laws 
put the curse of God on Israel? Was it working on the Sabbath? Was it eating with the Gentiles? No. It was the worship of pagan gods and the oppression of widows and orphans. And who oppresses widows and orphans? Who steals their land and raises their rent? Who lowers their wages? The rich, like me. I listened to the way Jesus taught these scriptures, and I could not deny his explanation was correct. And he bade me, a rich man, to squeeze through the eye of a needle when I saw him hanging dead on the cross. I knew this was my moment. All of his other followers had fled in terror, but I knew this was the reason I was made wealthy. This was the reason I was made a politician. To take his body down from the cross and bury it in a tomb meant for me. As the prophet Isaiah said, Isaiah 53, 9, he had done no wrong. He had never deceived anyone, and yet he was buried like a criminal, put in a rich man's grave. I listened. My life was in shambles before, and I was scared beyond belief. Everything was upside down. I had no walls or a strong tower to save me, and I felt shaken and alone. Then I met Jesus. He helped me turn my life around. He performed miracle upon miracle, saving lives day after day. He restored my faith and my hope. And in return, I helped by supporting him out of my own purse. Not that it measured to what he did, but it helped me feel independent and needed instead of needy. I was weak, and he made me stronger than ever before. He got me to where I am today. So why should I turn my back on him now? Oh God, why did he have to die? Why crucifixion? He was my rock, my foundation. I was not shaken when I was with him. Watching him being put in that grave was the worst experience of my life. Worse than anything I've ever felt before. He was my hope, my strength. What will I do without him? No. I have to stay strong. I have to remember what he teaches. To have faith even in the darkest of times. I have to continue to do the wonderful work he started. But how? I don't think I can do this. I just watched my Lord, my Savior, being put in a tomb. I lost my rock and my foundation, but I have to find a way to carry on until he returns. Jesus was there for me at my lowest point, just like how I was there for him at his weakest. And when he rises up again like he promised, I will be there and I will never let go. As the high priest of the Sanhedrin, it is my sacred duty 
to ensure the spiritual well-being of the entire nation. Now, that is more difficult than you could understand. But take this temple. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. But let me assure you that if there were riots, Pontius Pilate would send in a Roman legion and they would level everything within a day. And so, we must keep the peace. And that is why we could not allow an uprising of yet another Messiah. And that is why we crucified this Jesus, a peasant from Galilee of all places. (laughs) Supposedly, he exercises demons. He restores sight to the blind. They say that just a year ago, he restored life to a young man in Bethany, not far from here. Ooh. (sighs) No. Just no. That is the kind of insane talk that incites the commoners, the rabble. And once the rabble rise, the only way to put them down is with war. And so, we crucified Jesus to avert war. And if you all can't understand that, while he was still alive, this deceiver claimed that he would be killed. And in three days, he would rise from the dead. Well, we were concerned that his followers might try to steal the body and create a hoax resurrection. So, we requested from Pilate that he seal the temple and post guards outside. Only for the three prophesied days, once those are passed. I suppose that you all want to ask me, how is it that you can claim that Jesus is not the Messiah? How do you know that he won't rise from the dead? (laughs) I shall tell you. I know that this Jesus is a fraud because I know the true word of God given to me, God's high priest. I am God's chosen priest in his chosen temple among his chosen people. And do you honestly believe for one minute that God would have allowed me to rise to power if I were unable to recognize his own Savior? What if I'm wrong? Okay. If I'm wrong then this temple will be destroyed, the priesthood will come to end, and Jesus' reign will spread throughout the whole earth. As I see it, I'm still standing. 
the temple's still standing. And Jesus? That's right. He lies dead in a tomb along with his movement, and that is where he shall remain for eternity. You just watch. See what happens when Sunday comes. Of course I gave him guards to go and seal the tomb. That was the whole point of everything. To make sure things go on as they have and nothing changes. The Roman prefect, a rich Jew, a powerless woman, the high priest, we're all just cogs in a machine. And I'm here to make sure that machine keeps turning as it always has. Clearly no God of the Jews nor any other God was with this Jesus. But where is he now? In a tomb somewhere at the edge of town. Things go on as they have. Order has won today. Now you, ma'am, sit with your arms folded, looking as though you despise me, but you'd do better to consider what I have protected this morning, the order of our society. Every one of his followers weeping at that tomb was a woman. What kind of a king is that? You let that sort of kingdom spread, and I promise you someday women will own property. Someday women will have the right of citizenship. You let that sort of kingdom spread. Mark my words, women will rule over us as senators. Is that the sort of kingdom you want? Order has won today. They also tell me he spoke constant proverbs about the rich and the poor, as if both are in some way blessed by God. Now, what kind of a high priest is that? You let that religion spread, and someday a wealthy man won't be judged by the height of the monuments he has built. Instead, he may well be judged by the height of gold coins he's cast into the mouths of wretched orphans or the number of slaves he's set free. Mark my words, you let that religion spread, and someday a man who owns property will cast votes alongside his own field hands. No. The hope of those who would have us all be equal has been crushed, and order has been restored. And don't forget, this Jesus is, at the end of the day, a Jew. He serves a God of one wife, one husband. Now imagine a world without mistresses and concubines. Imagine purchasing a slave and then being denied sexual rights to your own slave. Imagine the hillsides where we lay the unwanted infants to die under the sun, empty. That's right. Imagine every child born must be cared for and raised instead of letting them pass peacefully under the care of the sun god as we do now. No, the true son of hope has risen today. And don't ever forget that as we crucified him, he prayed for forgiveness for us. Any true king would have prayed for one last chance at vengeance against his enemies. Imagine the weakness that will spread over the world were this movement to grow and everyone forgives their enemies. Chaos and ruin it will be if that man does raise from the dead. For if this wicked resurrection myth is true, then everything is about to change. You'd all do well to consider that.
turn. Look at that cross. I command it. <laughs> turn and look at that cross. And consider where your hope comes from. Is it from a strong and stable empire? Or is it from some wandering sage lying dead in a tomb? Consider what brings you victory. You may all be seated. Remember who always wins. Hail Caesar. And now, O oh Lord, you have fed us with spiritual food, and you're about to send us out into a world as light and salt into a dark and tasteless world, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, the eyes, the voice of hope <clears throat> and joy, into this most holy week for your church. May we be you, fed with spiritual food, filled up with the hope and joy of Easter. May we be those people, those kind of Christians that bring peace and understanding to everywhere, everywhere we go. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Hosanna in the highest. And we all said, Amen. Well, what a wonderful church to come to, yeah? Well, these guys did such a great job on bringing the scripture to us. Nice work. Kudos. Excellent work. That looked like it took a ton of rehearsal, and it was perfect and all paid off, and that's a really, really fun way to hear uh, the gospel story being done. So that being said, you know, it's Palm Sunday, right? Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the first day of the week, and then what happens? So lean into the week, right, because Easter is next Sunday. So what happens? So Monday, Tuesday, uh, Jesus, depending on which gospel you're reading, he clears the temple, so he gets in big trouble, right, with the people who are in charge of the temple. So now the stage gets set, right? Wednesday comes. It's the day of preparation before the uh, Passover. Um, then Thursday night is the Last Supper, right? And where Jesus tells those last things to his disciples. And then that night, Thursday night, late, he's arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. All night long, he's in trial. He's abandoned. He's left alone. Uh, Good Friday, on Friday morning, he's taken to his last trial there, condemned to death, and by noon there sometime, he is crucified and dies on the cross. And then, of course, comes the Holy Saturday, Holy Sabbath, uh, the day of quiet, a day of reflection. And then, of course, comes Easter morning, the morning that he rises from the grave, and we get to say he is risen indeed, all right? And we get to start saying hallelujah again. So walk with the week. This is a really important week. If you journal, if you read, if you listen to the Bible or whatever, follow this through. In the Gospel of Matthew or whatever, follow the thing through, okay? And see if you can't lean into this week. It'll make Easter much more special for you, okay? So to help this along, um, Friday night at 645, right in here is our Good Friday service. It's the Ten Embrace service. 
The Ten Embrace service is a traditional service of darkness, of extinguishing lights. We all leave in darkness, representing, you know, that Christ has died and that there's darkness now upon the world and there's no hope. Um, and then, of course, Easter morning, the lights return. But uh, bring your kids. It's a full family service. It's about, what, 30, 40 minutes long. Uh, it's pretty short. It's quiet. It's really kind of a... Um, uh, really neat. The candles from Christmas Eve are reused and extinguished and so forth. So very interesting. By the way, just a little sort of warning. Um, it is loud at certain points and it is dark. So if you have little children, they'll be scared spitless and that's just fine. So um, bring them anyway and you know, you'll have things to explain once again, being a good uh, poet of Jesus to your parent or to your kids. Okay, so we have that on Friday at 6.45. It's in the handout that we had there, and I'm sure it's on the website. Then Easter Sunday morning, great chance to invite your friends, you know, because it's the Easter thing, right? And you can actually invite the people who you've tried to invite several times, and they won't come. But now they might because it is Easter, and it's the one chance that they think you'll get off your back. And then we'll do the best job possible around here, and they may actually end up being a better Christian than you. So you got that going for you. So, um, you know, you never know what God wants to do in the lives of people who are far away from him. Everyone's searching, right? They just don't know it. So anyway, bring them. It'll be a wonderful time, and we will do the best job ever possible on that morning, okay? So with that, rise up, everyone, and let us go out into the world. Yes, ma'am, did I miss something? Will we be doing the flowers on the cross? I haven't heard that. Not this year. I think we're doing it every other year. Because, you know, you don't want to wear out a good thing. I just made that up. So, but, All right. We've been doing uh, from the Celtic Daily Prayer Book this wonderful canticle. And so let's all say it together. Christ is a light, illumine and guide me. Christ is a shield, overshadow me. Christ under me, Christ over me, Christ beside me, on my left and my right. This day... Be within and without me, lowly and meek, yet all-powerful. Be in the heart of each to whom I speak, in the mouth of each whom speaks unto me. This day be within and without me, lowly and meek, yet all-powerful. Christ is a light, Christ is a shield, Christ beside me, on my left and on my right. Go in peace, everyone.